0: Bottom of page 63. Next, we launched out on a course of vigorous action. How many of you have attempted a fourth step before? How many of you would describe your very first effort as something less than a launching? <laughs> okay, so they're describing their experience. What, what typically would enable a launch? Yeah, and probably some power, right? So they talk about a tangible encounter with power in two, which they enjoin in three and ask for power to go inward. And so the minute they did that, that same power they encountered in two apparently allowed them to face their fear and look inward, search fearlessly. Does that make sense? And if that didn't happen for you, it's nothing that, wrong with you. We just haven't introduced you to the power. We haven't called your attention to the power within. Because that power is there. You wouldn't have ended up here if that power isn't in you. Right. Right. Yeah. Does it make sense? It makes sense? Okay. So then it says, the first step of which is a personal house cleaning, which many of us had never attempted. Though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom." So how many of you discovered that if you didn't discover anything else? that You didn't think the main problem was the drugs or the alcohol. There was some underlying problem that was more significant. So that's what they did too. And so they needed to face and be rid of those things that were blocking consciousness. Remember when they told us where and how we find the power? where do we find it deep down down inside and how do we find it sometimes we have to search fearlessly because my consciousness has been obscured by calamity by pomp by worship yes Yes. so this manner of living we're about to embark on is going to identify those so we can uh, we can bear witness properly to what I was like what happened what I'm like now what I hope to be like yeah Yeah. okay alright so Our liquor was but a symptom, so we had to get down to causes and conditions. So now we're going to take a look at what it is that's causing that storm within me that I keep calming with synthetic spirits. Make sense? All right, so therefore we started on a personal inventory. This was step four. A business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. Taking a commercial inventory is a fact-finding and a fact-facing process. It's an effort to discover the truth about the stock in trade. One object is to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret. If the owner of the business is to be successful, he cannot fool himself about values. We did exactly the same thing with our lives. So I I need to apologize in advance for reading so much because I know our attention spans are like, this is how it is. (laughs) like, what is he rambling about? But we're going to go back and unpack, but we have to read the whole thing and then see what the instruction is. We did the exactly the same thing with our lives, and they're talking about taking a commercial inventory. I'm going to take a commercial inventory and find out what the items are I have in stock, and then take stock honestly, because sometimes I store junk thinking it's good. Okay, so... So let's go back now, it says it's a fact-finding and a fact-facing process. How many of you found fact but didn't face fact? So we're learning new behaviors already, right? And if you guys don't get what I'm talking about, of course I use like this, I'm an addict. Found the fact, didn't face the fact. Does that make sense? Okay. All right, and then it says, it's an effort to discover the truth about the stock in trade. The truth. Not your truth, not my truth, the truth. How many of you discovered there's sometimes a little difference between your truth, other people's truth about you, and the truth? Okay. So, it says that one object is to disclose damaged or unsalable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret. So if there's one object, there must be another object. They wouldn't have called to our attention one if there weren't more. Does that make sense? So damaged and unsaleable is what I hear about, talked about in the fellowships. Any of you ever heard the people, you got to face that one dirty secret, that secret is keeping you sick. That, that may well be true therapeutically, but the fact is there are no secrets in the realm of the spirit. So you're not hiding that from anybody. Does it make sense? So so what we're trying to do is get rid of them promptly and without regret because it's not the main object of my internal search. What was the main object of my internal search? To find the great reality deep down within me. Therefore, fourth step is a treasure hunt, not a crap hunt, (laughs) which will cause people to launch quicker if they understand they're not really trying to unearth terrible things about themselves. They're trying to get rid of the lies they've told themselves about themselves and walk out in who they are and whose they are in the great reality. Does that make sense? Okay. So then it says if the owner of the business is to be successful, he cannot fool himself about values. That's why you have more steps, right? because some of us value things. How many of you have valued, for instance, your sarcasm? <laughs> How many of you have found that sometimes it wasn't as valuable as you thought, that it was a mask for Okay, so we've got a whole process for that. That'll happen in six and seven, but right now we're gonna look at all these things that we think make us who we are and, and start unpacking. Make sense? Okay. So we did exactly the same thing with our lives. We took stock honestly. First we searched out the flaws in our makeup which caused our failure. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what had defeated us, we considered its common manifestations. So they said that as if they were already convinced, and this is we. When did they ask us if we were convinced self manifested in various ways is what had defeated us? Wasn't that the essence of the third step? Okay, so. They're, they're re-upping now, making sure I remember what decision I made. It was self-manifested in various ways. It's not the way they treated me, it's not all these other reasons, right, No, nothing external. Main problem centers in the mind, the solutions found inside, neither the problem nor the solution are ever outside of me or you. Does that make sense? Okay. so. They're going to tell us about these manifestations of self and see if you can relate to that. They say resentment is the number one offender. How many of you didn't necessarily have a name for it but found as you went on that you, did, you were full of resentment? So, as long as you hold on to that spirit of grievance, it hold, blocks you off from the sunlight of the spirit. Yes? Yep. Okay. So it destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it stem all forms of spiritual disease, for we've not only been mentally and physically ill, we've been spiritually sick. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. So those of you that come here, remember they said that the original demographics were that half were atheist or agnostic. They believed God did not exist or could not be proven to exist. The other half were believers dying in their addiction regardless of belief. So what we we want to know is that if I don't straighten out this spiritual malady, there is no no I'll never get the physical and the mind right. I mean, the spirit is what's going to get the mind right. Yeah. There's another book says, "Do not conform to the ways of this world; rather, be transformed through the renewal of your mind." And so what we're going to do is we're going to turn and focus our life on serving others, and in doing so, we're going to receive the healing we need when we don't recognize it in ourselves, but we recognize it in others. When we offer it, I can't transmit what I don't have. And the healing I'm offering to them flows through me. And guess what? Need meets need. Does it make sense? So, So in dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. So how many of you have had other plans for how to deal with resentment? Talked about them, stuffed them inside, told your friends. Yeah? Sat on a bar stool. Sat on a bar stool. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> so they don't want to do that anymore. This new manner of living is going to require that I get it out and face it, right? Face and be rid of right? Okay. So fact-finding, fact-facing. So we ask ourselves, oh, I'm sorry. We listed people, institutions, or principles with whom we were angry. So that's pretty easy. We ask ourselves why we were angry. So that's another column. Here's what I'm angry about. Here's why I'm angry. You can do it any way you want, but sometimes it's better to process this way than... But do whatever. One of the things you learn about working with addicts is telling them what to do isn't worth the shit. So... <laughs> Just find out what they're willing to do and go with that. Our, so in most cases, it was found that our self-esteem, our pocketbooks, our ambitions, our personal relationships, including sex, were hurt or threatened. So we were sore. We were burned up. How many of you have noticed that? The closer you were to somebody, the more sense of loss you had, the more sense of betrayal you had. Okay. Alright, so on our grudge list we set opposite each name our injuries. Was it our self-esteem, our security, our ambitions, our personal or sex relations which had been interfered with? So you're just going to talk about how many bells and whistles does each connection or attachment draw from you, yeah? Right, have you ever been in a relationship with someone in an intimate relationship? And it affected your security, your self-esteem. Like you're, they, they literally defined who you were. Any of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But that's not possible when we walk in the great reality, right? That's right? Okay, so the idea that I won't be a proper witness till I'm properly armed with the facts. And this is how I'm going to get properly armed with the facts. So you want to take this seriously, because I'm going to start getting a sane and sound ideal for a future life in this world. Does make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to jump to the bottom of that page. It said we went back to through our lives. Nothing counted but thoroughness and honesty. Why? Because our life depended on it. Yeah, I think he's right. But even if you don't believe that when you do it, if I'm trying to get armed with the facts about myself so I can get free of these limiting thoughts about me, wouldn't it be a good idea to find out what they are? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How many of you know yourself to have more skills and abilities than what your life would suggest you have. I hope I see every hand in the room, because all of you are talented people. You wouldn't be here if you weren't. So we've had limiting thoughts that have kept us in a place that we really would have liked to escape from, but we had some other manifestation of self that kept us tethered there. Is that true? Okay. All right, so when we were finished, we considered it carefully. Why would I want to do that? And who we've been and who we'd like to be, yes? Because I can't, remember we talked about it last week, if I got one foot here and one foot here, I don't have to tell you, here's freedom, here's I'm fucked. I can't stay anchored I'm fucked and get free. How many of you have tried that? What will they think of me if I don't stay in the fucked column? What do you care what they think of you? (laughs) Powerful stuff. Okay. So the first thing apparent was that this world and its people were often quite wrong. To conclude that others were wrong was as far as most of us ever got. The usual outcome was that people continued to wrong us and we stayed sore. How many of you have had that happen? Started out, had kind of a rough day started, then you just started taking offense at everything you saw. How many of you were isolators? How many of you isolated so well you didn't see anybody and still kept taking offense? That's when we know the main problem centers in the mind, don't we? All by myself. Okay. So it says sometimes it was remorse and then we were sore at ourselves. How many of you tried to achieve perfection and then were overly hard on yourself when you made a mistake but the more we fought and tried to have our own way the worse matters got as in war the victor only seemed to win our moments of triumph were short-lived you understand why that is right once you identify that stuff you're going to realize that what defeated you were your thoughts about you not much else You may have had some manifestation of a thought of somebody else's thought about you, but trust me, that was just your thoughts about that shit, too. (laughs) Make sense? Most people do not think of me quite as often as I think of me. I have no idea why. I'm so fascinating. It's plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness. If it is not plain to you that your deep resentment is leading you to futility and unhappiness, this is a good time to dig in and see why I would not believe that. How many of you found yourself down and out, strung out again, and nothing but anger, and pretty soon you don't even have anywhere to point it? So we already know that before we do the inventory. Now I want to see the manifestation of self that drove me there. Right, Because that all started before I found me there. Okay, So to the precise extent that we permit these, do we squander the hours that may have been worthwhile? They put an interesting little word there. They just told me I permit them. Somebody just felt that. Who just felt that? Somebody got a little revelation. Yeah, that's the power we call God. That's happening in you. It's not coming from up here. So the, the eagle's saying that song, right? So oftentimes it happens that we live our lives in chains and we never even know we hold the key. I'm permitting these thoughts to hold me to an event. Does Make sense? Yeah. Whatever it is. Okay. So then it says, but with the alcoholic whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, this business of resentment is infinitely grave. We found that it's fatal. So if we've determined we are alcoholic by this point, then I have to have a spiritual experience. Alcohol was a spiritual experience for me, that's why they call it spirits. It was a synthetic spirit though, and I need the real deal. And so I'm seeking an unblocked consciousness. I'm seeking spiritual inebriation. So I need the growth and maintenance of a sense of ease and comfort from within, or I will not survive in the world. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. So. So it says, for when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. The insanity of alcohol returns and we drink again. And with us, to drink is to die. How many of you return to active addiction and know what they're talking about? They're not even talking about a physical death, are they? They're talking about a spiritual death. which is actually worse because we're praying for the physical death and it's just not coming, right? Yeah. All right, so if we were to live, we had to be free of anger. So they concluded they had to get free of anger in order to live. How many of you find it hard to believe we can get free of anger? It is hard to believe, but remember this is a manner of living. It's going to require rigorous discipline, and so I'm going to have to learn to discipline my thought life. Okay? All right, so the Grouch and the Brainstorm were not for us, so they're starting to give us clues. What's Grouch? What's Brainstorm? Grouch is self-explanatory, right? That's the guy you see and you go, Hey, man, how you doing? Pretty good for a Monday. (laughs) There's one coming every seven days. You might want to move past that. How about Brainstorm? Yeah, this was an old English word, and it it could easily mean just taking off on a course of action without considering consequence, which most of us have had that experience. (laughs) Or it could be a fit of rage, right? You could just find yourself in it, right? Okay, so they, they may be the dubious luxury of normal men, but for alcoholics, these things are poison. Notice how they're drawing a line between whatever we consider normal And me, who I've determined is alcoholic. My thinking is different, right? Right. You may not realize that, but I have abnormal reactions to lots of things besides alcohol. (laughs) Okay, we won't go into that because this is not my fourth step or fifth step, Sean. (laughs) We we turn back... (laughs) We turn back to the list for, held the key to the future. So what is the key to the future? Because it's in the list. The truth. The truth is the key to the future. Make sense? Okay. So we were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. We began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. In that state, the wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, had the power to actually kill. How could we escape? So, you guys that were doing meth, you know, whether real or imagined, there was a lot of them, huh? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cocaine, too. And if you drank enough alcohol and then stopped abruptly, that, too. So, the question would be how could we escape? The interesting thing is they want us to be introspective because if I will ask the power in me that very same thing, that's the same thing they suggest when they. When they put a question mark, they want me to get introspective. Eyesight without insight is spiritual blindness. I'm going to have to go in and ask for the escape. And then they're going to lay out what the escape looked like for them. Does that make sense? So then it says, we saw that these resentments must be mastered, but how? So fact finding, I have resentments. Fact facing, and now I'm going inward because the answers for you are in you. right? So, do you understand what they're doing in here? This is all informed in the spirit, everything they're doing. That's why we can't teach you how to do it, because it's not a how. There's a how-to process, but that's not how the power works. That's how the process works. The power, how, is above my pay grade. Does it make sense? Okay. All right, so we saw that these resentments must be mastered, but how? See how they got to that question? Okay. We could not wish them away any more than alcohol. So my human solution is to pretend they're not there. How many of you have used that, employed that solution? I'm not mad at anyone, only me. I've heard that before. Have you ever heard that? We're not making fun of it, we're just making fun of the silliness that we, we tell ourselves. Our old ideas that hold us back, we don't know what they are until we start trying to serve others. So I think I've let go of my resentment until I see someone that resembles my resentment, and then that motherfucker's right there in front of me. I may never have met him, but he looks and smells like that other son of a bitch. Yeah? Some of you know what I know, huh? All right. So we could not wish them away any, any more than alcohol. This was our course. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Well, that would be an epiphany, yeah. okay? Though we did not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. So what are their symptoms? Resentment, fear, guilt, shame, remorse. Any of you agree with them? Selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, fear. Shame, remorse, guilt. You relate to any of that? So that's their symptoms. And why do I know that so well? Because that's my symptoms. So I don't know whether I'm seeing their symptoms or I'm seeing my symptoms because I saw through the lens of my thoughts first. There's another book that cautions us how can you see the speck in your brother's eye when you can't see the plank in your own eye? Better you should remove the plank from your eye. So that you can better see to help your brother. Yeah. See, the plank in my eye is a perspective. And the insanity of addiction is a limited perspective, an appalling lack of perspective. You know why? Because I got a fucking log in my eye. Okay. That part's not in the other book. Um, so we ask God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. So I'm automatically, when I'm disturbed, instead of going out there trying to arrange it, because that was my problem, arranging the lights, the scenery, and the ballet I'm asking God to power. help change, yes, power, exactly right. I'm asking for power to change my perspective, show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience I would cheerfully grant a sick friend. Remember, I'm mad at them right now. It's the experience of being kinder than I feel like being. So regardless of whether you believe in this power we call God, when you ask and you receive power to be kinder than you feel like being, you will come to believe in the power we call God. Does that make sense? Yes. And if you don't, then it's going to be hard because you're going to keep looking for your ease and comfort in the world. Yeah. All right. So when a person offended, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man, how can I be helpful to him? Question mark. Yes. Who am I saying that to? The power within, exactly right. And, and then I will discover that the answers for me are in me. And then they ask another question. God saved me from being angry. Yes. Thy will be done. What's God's will? Whatever's going on. There's this idea that there's my will and God's will is some false teaching that someone perpetrated on us a long time ago. There's God's will and my disagreement with it. (laughs) I know some people get really twisted about that, but God's will has no opposite. And sometimes because of my appalling lack of perspective, I just don't get on board with what is. Okay, so we avoid retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. Now, they're going to give us some clues here because they're going to send us out serving others here pretty soon. So you need to internalize this if you're getting ready to go out and show others. We cannot be helpful to all people. But God, at least God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. So what's going to happen, you guys are going to be working with people and you're going to get frustrated with them and you're going to go tell somebody, they wasted my time. No, that was God disciplining you to take a kind and tolerant view of each and every one. Does that make sense? And if you'll internalize that and grow in that, you'll be less disturbed by the world regardless of how disturbing it is. It's discipline, yes? Okay, referring to our list again and putting out of our minds the wrongs others have done, we resolutely looked for our own mistakes. why they use the word resolutely? Sometimes I'm going to have to search fearlessly. I don't want to find my part when I know I was deeply harmed by that person or situation. Anyone know what I'm talking about? But the fact that I was deeply harmed by that situation and I survived it and now I'm dying of it 30 years later means I got a part. Does that make sense? So where had we been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened? See how they're chasing it down from where the self manifested? All the way back to the fear that caused me to try and be different than I was. Okay. Though a situation had not been entirely our fault, we tried to disregard the other person involved entirely. How many of you have tried to do that? It's very hard, isn't it? How many of you have found that if you have someone else that's trying to help you grow in the spirit, we, we call them mentors, we call them sponsors, we call them closed-mouth friends. Yes? Yes? It's easier for someone to help point out in a suggestive way what I might have missed, huh? Yep. Okay. Where were we to blame? See, the earnestness is I have to find a part, because if I don't have a part, even if it's my unforgiveness, then I truly am screwed. Because right. now there's no escape. And it's still my thoughts I'm trying to escape. It has nothing to do with their actions at this point. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. The inventory was ours, not the other man's. When we saw our faults, we listed them. We placed them before us in black and white. We admitted our wrongs honestly and were willing to set these matters straight. So you notice how they did that in order? Yes. I wasn't, I didn't admit them honestly and get willing to make them straight till I saw the part I played. Right. And I saw at least how that was tethering me, how it was keeping me from being maximum usefulness to others. Yes? yes. Okay. So notice that the word fear is bracketed alongside the difficulties with Mr. Brown, Mrs. Jones, the employer, and the wife. This short word somehow touches every aspect of our lives. So how many of you discovered that you had a lot of fear that you didn't previously recognize? A lot of us that were ragers didn't know that was fear. Right, that was our cover. Okay. So it was an evil and corroding thread. The fabric of our existence was shot through with it. It set in motion trains of circumstances which brought us misfortune we felt we didn't deserve. But did we ourselves, did we not ourselves set the ball rolling? So I'm gonna to have to look there, helping me dig a little deeper. Even those things I had no part in, if I'm still dying of it years later, or I'm still hating years later, I've gotta find the forgiveness within me. It's not of me. Forgiveness is not of me, but it's in me. Does that make sense? Willingness is not of me, but it's in me. I'm still going to have to ask. I'm going to have to ask for power to do these things. Okay, sometimes we think fear ought to be classed with stealing. It seems to cause more trouble. Why would they say something so, that seems a bit drastic, doesn't it? How many of you have missed it? Sean's got it. How many of you have missed an opportunity? Because if I did that, this might happen. Any number of others, right? So fear will block us from just stepping out in faith, won't it? Yeah. Okay. All right. So so we reviewed our fears thoroughly, and we put them on paper even though we had no resentment and connection with them. A lot of people in Modern Fellowship skip this. If you're going to do the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, I would suggest get someone to help you with the fears list. Because you'll have fears that don't have a resentment in connection with them. And even though you chase down all your resentments, you may have common fears tied to it. But most of us have fears that have nothing connected with them, but it's driven our actions all our lives. Where's my drinkers? Any drinkers here? How many of you, like me, would go drink every night, close the bar? There wouldn't be anyone but you and the bartender. And you wouldn't leave because you were afraid if you left, something would happen and you'd miss it. How many of you stayed in the trap house for the same reason? So that fear will keep you tethered to, right? And it'll also keep you from committing. It'll keep you from doing a lot of things. And there's lots more. I just, that's just an example most of us can going to relate to. Um, so it says, we ask ourselves why we had them. And then they got a question for us. Wasn't it because self-reliance failed us? So have I tried this before and had a bad outcome? Or maybe not even a bad outcome, just not the outcome I hoped for. Okay, so says self-reliance was good as far as it went, but it didn't go far enough. Some of us once had great self-confidence, but it didn't fully solve the fear problem or any other. When it made us cocky, it was worse. So they're talking about my main problem is really a fear problem, which is manifesting a self, which keeps defeating me. The fear problem causes me to doubt my identity. Not as Joe, but as his, who I am and whose I am. Right? All right. So perhaps there's a better way. We think so, for we are now on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. So when I say God, you say power. So I'm going to trust and rely on power from here on out, because powerlessness was not a theory when I admitted it, it was a self-evident fact. And by two, they told me what I needed was power to live. Not power to not do, power to live, because no human has the power to live regardless what delusion they live in. Does that make sense? And this, power, how many of you had a power to live within you and a power that, to die within you and you know that struggle? So this is all about starting to empower that spirit man within you, that power to live, and start growing in consciousness of that so you're less affected by the world. Make sense? Okay. So we trust infinite God rather than our finite selves. We're in the world to play the role he assigns. So how many of you would have to admit that at times it seems like we got kind of a shitty assignment? <laughs> you ever had the Y me's? It's the wrong question. We've all had it, but the right question is, why not me? I've been perfectly prepared by the creator of the universe for this moment. Why not me? Does it make sense? There is no better you than you, other than the one you're going to reveal as you grow out of fear and into faith. Yep. Okay. All right, so just to the extent we do as we think he would have us and humbly rely on him, does he enable us to match calamity with serenity? So they're giving us a measurement as we stop reacting so much to little things and navigating the world with less drama. Yes? How many of you found you can do stuff like that as you grew in the spirit? You could face disappointment, you could face loss, you could face all that stuff and you didn't have to just burn the place down. we never apologize to anyone for depending upon our creator why would I not apologize for depending upon my creator well I would have to have grown in the spirit to be walking in the certainty that these authors talk about but what they have is the absolute certainty that their creator dwells in them and lives through them I ain't going to apologize for the source of life within me the only reason that you're attracted to me if you are is because of that source of life and if you're repelled, it's probably also because of that source of life. <laughs> because that's, that's also one of the things that happens. So we can laugh at those who think spirituality the way of weakness. Paradoxically, it's the way of strength. The verdict of the ages is that faith means courage. All men of faith have courage. They trust their God. We never apologize for God. Instead, we let him demonstrate through us what he can do guys the whole essence of the 12th step having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps we tried to carry this message and i hear people say don't say try do it they think it's about talking it's about walking and my righteousness is not from me but but if i live my life in such a way as it inspires you then i have done my job in, in spite of all my flaws does that make sense So we let God do our talking, and we don't boast unless we boast of him when someone asks us to. Does that make sense? That's why the third step prayer says, I'm going to talk about thy power, thy love, thy way of life, not mine. What did I do today to stay sober? Absolutely fucking nothing. Nothing I can do to stay sober. But what I can do is grow in consciousness and not be disturbed by the world and be OK in my skin so I don't have to artificially affect my reality. Make sense? OK. All right, so says we ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be. At once, we commence to outgrow fear. So they're giving you a little clue. A lot of us are wanting to say, God, what do I do? What do I do? You don't do nothing. He's the doer. What you need to do is operate in the correct state of being. We're human beings, not human doings. So what would you have me be? Be faithful, be quiet. That's why I get that a lot. Be still. Carrie Ann, you get that too? Be quiet. All right, so, so when you find yourself disquieted, if you will calm yourself long enough, what would you have me be? You'll start getting answers, and you'll start calming, right? I used to hear people say, never pray for patience. Well, no, because you're telling God what you need. But if God tells you to be patient, it's a good idea to be patient. You know why? Because whether you're patient or impatient, you're still going to have to wait. So it's more comfortable to wait patiently. Okay. All right, so now about sex. (laughs) Yeah. One sex fan... Many of us needed an overhauling there, but above all, we tried to be sensible on this question. It's so easy to get off the, way off the track. Here we find human opinions running to extremes, absurd extremes, perhaps. One set of voices cry that sex is a lust of our lower nature, a base necessity of procreation. And then we have the voices who cry for sex and more sex who bewail the institution of marriage, who think that most of the troubles of the race are traceable to sex causes. They think we do not have enough of it or it isn't the right kind. They see its significance everywhere. One, man, one school would allow man no flavor for his fare, the other would have us all on a straight pepper diet. How many of you, some of you are laughing, you must be on the straight pepper diet. But how many of you on the straight pepper diet right now have come out of a difficult relationship and were procreation only? You ever get to that place? I'm never doing that again. No? <laughs> it's an honest crowd. <laughs> I'm switching partners, not patterns, right? <laughs> I get it, I get it. That's okay, we're, we're all leaning a little, little left it would appear. All right, so, so it says we wanna stay out of this controversy. So the idea is, and they're going to tell us again, we do not want to be the arbiter of anyone's sex conduct. Why? Because we're flawed. We don't know what we're seeing. We don't know what God's plan is in it. I never see what's really going on. I see how it's interrupting my plans. If I'm upset that you're doing somebody else, it's only probably because I was planning to do it with you. Otherwise, what the hell do I care? People doing that shit all the time. You don't believe we got people doing that all the time. Come look at the cameras. We all have sex problems. That's why we don't want to be the arbiter. Okay. We'd hardly be human if we didn't. What can we do about them? Back, no more eyesight. Go back to insight. What can we do about them? My sex problems are not what you're doing. My sex problems are my thoughts about what you're doing. Does that make sense? And if you are doing exactly what I think you're doing, that's still none of my damn business, unless you're programming here, in which case you signed a housing agreement and we're going (laughs) to, just just for the sake of clarity so no one comes and takes me out with a cane. Um, Chaplain will help you if you're stuck. We reviewed our own conduct over the years past. Where had we been selfish, dishonest, or inconsiderate? So guys, you want to look at this pretty close because this is the essence of your 10th step for a lifetime right here on page 69. You'd think it would be back in the 10th step instructions, no, this is the breakdown of exactly what I'm going to look at as I go along in the 10th step. So all day long as I go along, I'm going to be looking for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, right? Where was I selfish, dishonest, or inconsiderate? Then it says, whom did we hurt? Did we unjustifiably arouse jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness? They always give us a number of words because I may not relate to one, but I generally can pick one. How do I justifiably arouse jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness? Or can I justifiably arouse it? My actions or inactions. So you're going you're gonna to start to learn to discern your thoughts about things too, aren't you? Okay, so where were we at fault? What should we have done instead? How many of you were surprised when you learned that, in fact, even though you acted in a way that you. probably shouldn't have acted. You knew you shouldn't have done it, but somehow you blew right past that sign. See, they're they're starting to to gradually admit powerlessness over my flesh, over my senses. Yep. So we got this all down on paper and looked at it. Fact-finding, fact-facing, what I was like, what happened, this encounter, what I'm like now and what I'm hoping to grow into. Make sense? All right, so in this way, we tried to shape a sane and sound ideal for our future sex life. So how many of you want a future sex life? Oh, more of you, good. that's good, 20 of you. And the rest of you are lying, there's 300 and... But we'll leave that there. I know where y'all come from, y'all want a future sex life. Even if it's just switching hands, you wanna do something. We subjected each relation to this test, was it selfish or not? Now, how many of you have discovered that you're not all that good at judge sometimes of whether something you're about to do is selfish or not? So you're gonna have to go inward, right? Because I can justify anything, I don't know about the rest of you. Give me five minutes and I can justify it. Just give me a minute of why this is in your, our mutual benefit at least, okay? So we ask God to mold our ideals and help us live up to them. So what are we doing now? We're focusing on, I've met the power, I've looked at the facts, and fact facing, I'm going to have to discuss those facts that I'm facing with this power within me, and I'm going to start asking to be molded. For those of you that are more religious lanes, this is your sanctification process. It's going to be an ongoing process of looking at how you really are, how you think, and where you want to go, and then starting to question your thoughts before they become actions. Make sense? Okay, so we remembered always that our sex powers were God-given and therefore good, never to be used lightly or selfishly, nor to be despised and loathed. So what I would point out to people is, without getting overly religious, oftentimes what people are attracted to by you is the light in you and not the flesh they see. And if they're confused, then it's no reason for you to take advantage of that. I should behave as the light within me rather than in my, does that make sense? And that's going to require discipline because we can misuse that power because it's a feel good. Oh, they're attracted to me. No, they're attracted to the light in you. That's not to be used lightly or selfishly. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. So whatever our ideal turns out to be, we must be willing to grow toward it. So when they say must in here, they're not talking about rules, they're talking about like a no-brainer. Because why would I have gone this far if I wasn't trying to grow spiritually? If I'm not willing to clean house, why would I store all this, clean all this stuff up? It makes sense. I identified these problems, and now they're about to be cast out, but I'm going to have to do more action. So of course I'm willing to grow toward it. Does that make sense? Okay, so we must be willing to make amends where we've done harm. Same thing. Why would I be willing to make amends? because it's the freedom step, it's the purpose step. It's gonna get me fit, yes? Okay. So, provided we do not bring about still more harm in so doing, in other words, we treat sex as we would any other problem. So a lot of people over the years thought this was all sex inventory because they focused on it, but remember the concise nature of the book is they, they just hit some, topics that are common to humans, but they're really talking about relationship inventory, not just sex. And they, So I have relationships to all kinds of things that I've attached power. So we treat sex as we would any other human problem, but those of you that have a bracelet on or whatever, when you get ready to have that taken off, you might think, oh, God, I hope I don't use when this comes off. And if you'll inventory that, you used plenty of times when it wasn't on. So you've given power to the bracelet. I say, well, if I get some money, I'll have extra money. I'm going to go get high. Well, then let's inventory your relationship to money. Because I'm quite sure that everyone in this room has found a way to get high with no money. Yeah. <laughs> so that money ain't keeping you clean. And it ain't messing you up. OK. In meditation, we ask God what we should do about each specific matter. Each specific matter in meditation, which means I'm not only going to ask for help, but I'm going to expect an answer. Does it make sense? Okay. The right answer will come if we want it. Who's the we? They're witnessing to their experience. Half of them atheists or agnostics. These people that tell you, oh, you don't need to pray, you don't need a higher power. Yes, you need a higher power in recovery if you want to get well. If you don't believe alcohol, methamphetamine, cocaine, heroin is a power greater than you, you're wasting valuable high time. No one's telling you about a theology. But all those things were powers greater than me. So I better find one more powerful than that, and it better present as ease and comfort from within me, because that's all I ever wanted. Does that make sense? They switched not the fact that I'm dependent, because they can't. They switched what I was dependent on, because he can. not Okay, so God alone can judge our sex situation Counsel with other persons is often desirable. We let God be the final judge. So, what's that look like? I talk to other people. I go to prayer and meditation. Maybe I don't like the answer in meditation, so I go talk to a few more people. <laughs> Any of you here do that? But in the final analysis, it's me and God that are going through with it. it Make sense? So, we're going to, I don't want to take God anywhere with me that. Because he's holding up his end of the bargain, and I'm digging him through some shit. Anyone else? Yeah, this is a room full of people that took him into the lowest valleys. All right, so we realize that some people are as fanatical about sex as others are loose. We avoid hysterical thinking or advice. Suppose we fall short of the chosen ideal and stumble. How many of you have had struggles with perfectionism? Did you get a lot of opinions about that? Does this mean we're going to get drunk? Question. They they go on to tell us. Some people tell us so, but this is only half true. It depends on us and our motives. How many of you discovered you weren't always the best judge of your own motives? So I better start growing in consciousness of a power within me because I had a motive to get sober long before I could manifest any outward action to show that. Yeah. So I don't know shit about motives, and they don't apparently have a lot of power until enjoined with power. Does it make sense? Yeah. So Some people tell us, tell us so, but it's only a half-truth It depends on us and our motives. If we're sorry for what we've done and have the honest desire to let God take us to better things, we believe we'll be forgiven, we'll have learned our lesson. So they're talking about an act of repentance not outwardly but inwardly i'm sorry for what i've done it's a sensory experience you will feel it and then i'm i'm ready to let god take me in another direction and that's also a sensory experience does it make sense and if you're not then the likelihood is you'll continue to harm others and ultimately you'll reap that Does that make sense and they're not they're just this is what they've seen okay why would i want god's forgiveness i hear people sometimes because they Get caught in theologies. They go, "Well, I'm just my problem is I can't forgive me." I don't know why. I don't know why therapists teach that. We're terrible at forgiveness. We're terrible at forgiveness. Forgiveness is the divine act. If I ask for forgiveness for you, it's going to flow through me. I don't need forgiveness for me. I'm redeemed. I just got to believe in the one He sent. I already received the forgiveness. Now I'm a distributor of forgiveness. But I'm not going to feel forgiven unless I'm an active distributor of forgiveness. Does it make sense? Okay. Which is why I'm going to serve others. Yes? Okay. So, these are facts out of our experience. To sum up about sex, we earnestly pray for the right ideal. So you may have to get into some prayer over a period of time. You may have to talk to others. Earnestly pray. Right? For guidance in each questionable situation, for sanity, and for strength to do the right thing. How many of you knew the right thing, needed strength to do the right thing, lacked the power, didn't want to ask? Believe me, you believe in God if you didn't want to ask when you knew you needed it. Because you needed it but didn't want it. Fact-finding, fact-facing. Right? How many of you have done that? I really want to stop tomorrow. Yeah. Fact finding, fact facing. Okay. So, if sex is very troublesome, we throw ourselves the harder into helping others. So, how many of you have been blessed with a spiritual awakening as a result of steps and working with others? One, two, three, four, five. Those are the ones with sex problems. They're really. It really, really was that low a number, right? Okay, all right, so this takes us out of ourselves and it quiets the imperious urge when to yield and mean heartache. I will tell you this, guys. You're going to get yourself attached to somebody. You're going to desperately want the closeness of a relationship, not necessarily a a sexual relationship. And it is very hard if we're denied that and we're dependent on that. And our dependence has got to come from within. And the only way out of that spin is to go serve somebody else. Not to tell them my problem. That just perfects my obsession. But to go find out what's bothering them. Because God always meets a need with a need. Does that make sense? Okay. So, if we've been thorough about our personal inventory, we've written down a lot. How many of you did a personal inventory, and you would have to agree, you've written down a lot. We've listened and an, or we've listed and analyzed our resentments, and we've begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality. Notice how they're talking about beginnings now. There's been a debate for years. And I don't know whether I do one inventory or. Do one a year or one and I never have to do it again. You're going to do a continuous inventory for the rest of your life as you go along. You may not write it down if you're good at your thought discipline. But if you get stuck, you're going to write it down and you're going to go back to this same format. There's no argument. It's just a manner of living. Does that make sense? That's why I'm getting taught all these tools to discuss with another and if I'm not discussing it with a human, I'm discussing it with the spirit. Okay. All right, so we've begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality. I've begun to comprehend. That means I'm still going to stumble. Any of you stumble? Okay. So we have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. So the inventory revealed to me the harms I did, but I didn't stop doing harm in those days. I still went out and behaved selfishly. I still caused more harm. God didn't condemn me for that because it was part of my process. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. Okay, so so we have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men, even our enemies, for we look on them as sick people. We have listed the people we have hurt by our conduct and are willing to straighten out the past if we can. In this book, you read again and again that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Guys, it has nothing to do, there's nothing to solve a fear problem except faith. That's it. What we really have is a control addiction, not a substance addiction. I'm addicted to everything that makes me feel different. So I've got this control addiction. I obsess about how things will make me feel, right? And I crave that. That's what's going on, whatever it is. And so faith is the only power, the only substance in the known universe sufficient to overcome a control addiction. Because when I'm in faith, it is as it is. Not a saying, a reality. Does it make sense? Okay. So we hope you're convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. Are you convinced? If you got through an inventory and you were never going to do an inventory, I'm never telling them that. God already removed that self-will, didn't he? You don't even have to know it's God yet and you know you've already moved further than you were ever going to go. Okay. If you have already made a decision in inventory, your grosser handicaps, and you've made a good beginning, don't stop there. That being so, you've swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. Thank you very much. I really, kind of close.